0: Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello and welcome to a special bonus Saturday DFS episode. What's up, everybody? Matt Harmon here from Yahoo, of course. And I'm, I'm excited to do this weekly podcast once again. The second edition here with my buddy T.J. Hernandez from 4for4. 4 4. T.J., what's up dude
1: Matt what's up happy to be here in week two uh week one once we get that out of the way now it feels like we're like in a little bit of a flow we're not so shocked by the week upon us so I'm I'm excited for this now we got our we got our sea legs a little bit I'd say
0: yeah we got our sea legs there's nothing really that I, there's no preparing for the rush of information the like uh basically everything to the flood that washes over you in week one and now it's like I actually don't I this maybe just is like it's kind of disgusting that I felt this way or actually maybe you could say it's a good sign that I'm in this particular line of work it felt really good like actually Monday morning to like go back and digest all the stats and all the data oh. and stuff like that it's like oh this feels feels this good this is
1: this is what I live for man I, I now we have real <laughs> evidence of, of what teams are going to do and like I, I put a tweet out uh, last week like I'm getting all of my stat sheets populated tomorrow I, I it's unhealthy how excited I am to look at that
0: it is pretty disgusting no doubt about <laughs> <laughs> about it, but uh, you know what? It's all good things. It's all good things because the NFL is back. Fantasy football is back. And because of that, let me go into my pre-show business speech here. Yahoo fantasy signups still active. Make sure you do that. Obviously, so many good things going on. If you love DFS, you listening to this episode, you should probably be in a season long league and, you know, get some buddies together and take advantage of them because you're smarter than them because you found this podcast either via our feed or TJ's feed, no matter what. Yeah, go ahead. Like I said sign up for fantasy football league. And when you do that, of course, sign up for Yahoo fantasy plus take it for a test drive with a free trial. Yahoo fantasy slash plus. All right, TJ. No fooling around here no more goofing around let's talk players we're going to do the same thing that we did last week basically but actually before we get into that i i, I think uh, the this, this is the way that we started off last week's episode was just basically like some kind of basic dfs 101 type of thing we're not going to do that but i do actually want to start this podcast every week with just kind of like getting your general overview of like how you felt about last week's slate and sort of the takeaways that I think we could bring over from a big picture view into week two and onward.
1: Yeah, well, one of the big things that when, when people are playing Yahoo DFS, they're going to see the million dollar baller or the, or the baller with no management fee and, and people are want strategies to attack that. And one thing that we saw last week is um, the chalk just completely whiffing. We saw some of the lowest rostered rates in winning lineups that we've seen in years, really. Uh, it was some of the lowest lowest roster rates of of winning baller overall roster rates of winning baller lineups of the last two years. And I I don't think people should so much focus on that because there's going to be weeks where the popular players hit and there's going to be weeks where they don't. Um, Last week wasn't one of those, which should have been a little bit expected because it's week one and and we see that a lot in week one. But I think what we can take away from last week is why did players that won, what did they do to win? And one of the things in tournaments is finding leverage. So if if a player is popular um, is a player at a similar salary unpopular can you gain leverage there is one of his teammates if we're targeting the passing game very heavily is it the running back that goes off Um, or is it a player on the other team so one thing that i i saw in these winning lineups very consistently no matter what type of tournament you were playing in it's not just the players that you can find leverage on in dfs it's the players that you could find the most leverage on in dfs so is it a player where not only is it a salary pivot but it's a leverage play off of his teammate and the passing game on another team Uh, look looking for those situations. Like you're going to hear anybody that's new to DFS can say this quarterback's going to be popular. So I'm going to play the team's running back. That's really easy to figure out. Is he also a pivot off of Derrick Henry because of his salary? And are there two receivers on the other side that are going to be popular? Things like that, I I think are really important. So finding the most leverage really stood out to me from a tournament standpoint.
0: I love that type of stuff because this is the type of thing that you are really in the weeds in and and know about and everything like that. And that's the stuff that most people Uh, you know, every podcast can tell you about players and plays and all that stuff. And I could sit here and talk about that all day, but I could not have given that perspective that you just gave. So I want to kind of get that something like that every single episode for especially new people, but even folks that have been playing DFS for years and years and years. Like I've been, Playing DFS for a long time now, but I don't always think about that stuff. So it's important refresher no matter what. But let's dive into players and plays, the thing that every <laughs> the stuff that everybody wants to talk about. Let's start with quarterback. Why don't you give me your expensive and then it well, give me your expensive guy, then I'll like I did last week. I still, I still have no idea what the hell I want to do on this show, but uh let's go expensive, expensive, inexpensive, inexpensive. So you start right. off first.
1: Justin Herbert, $33 versus Dallas. This is a game that we just want some kind of exposure to. We we hear the word upside a ton and, and it's thrown around very loosely. This, when we talk about upside in this game, this is not hyperbole. This game has a over under of 55 points ac- according to Bet BetMGM. The spread is just three points in favor of the Chargers. Over the past five seasons, Matt, we've only seen 14 games with a total this high and a spread this low. Basically, we just don't see this type of shootout potential. And the Chargers and the Cowboys set up perfectly to meet those expectations. Sam Hoppin does a really good article over it 4 for 4 with the pun hop into conclusions where he looks at pace and number of plays ran and Chargers and Cowboys were near the absolute top in pace and plays run in week 1 we saw Tom Brady drop 379 and 4 on this Dallas defense last week. I think that's going to be very consistent. We're not going to get 404 from every quarterback, but Dallas is going to be giving up a lot through the air. Justin Herbert has the weapons to do it. We want exposure on either side of the ball here, either passing game, but Justin Herbert, 33 bucks. I think he's $1 less than Dak. So really you can't go wrong, but Justin Herbert just stands out as a guy that I'm playing as much as possible this week.
0: I know it's the chargers and like, I think we as quote the media do this every single year with the chargers, but like, if you weren't gassed up by what you saw from the chargers in week one, even if they didn't like blow away Washington with an injured Fitzpatrick, I think in context, if you weren't gassed up by what you saw out of the chargers from an offense and a defense, we'll hit on their defense. I think when we get to the one of the, your receivers here, if you weren't gassed up about the Chargers, I don't know what you're doing, man. Like Justin Herbert, we often talk about, we often do this stuff, TJ, where like we, we look at an off season move or a series of off season moves. Moves and we get we get over our shoes about like how we expect this to just be fixed immediately. The Chargers offensive line was a huge question mark going into the offseason. They draft Ray Slater. They pick up a, a bunch of guys in free agency, including Corey Lindsley. That looked like an instant hit against a, a really good defense in Washington. Justin Herbert was only pressured on 12% of his dropbacks, the lowest among week one quarterbacks. I think that just increases the offensive viability overall. And last thing on that too, remember how Keenan Allen was frigging 18 bucks last week. We talked about this. I was like, (laughs) I was, personally outraged by yeah. that. Well, he's like $29 this week, so it's, it's a little bit of an improvement there.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, they didn't blow out Washington without after Fitzpatrick got hurt, but I mean, I think we should actually kind of be encouraged by that in terms of like they did the smart thing, right? You're playing against one of the best defensive lines in the league. You're not going to have Justin Herbert taking these seven-step, three-second drops trying to get the ball out. And we saw Look what Mike Williams did. He had an average depth of target of like seven or eight yards. He's a guy that typically, I mean, people think of him as a guy that just ran nine and they were getting the ball to him quick we know they're going to do that with keenan so if they're dialing up smart adjustments like that you have to think that they're gonna flip it and they're just gonna attack the hell out of this dallas secondary
0: i absolutely love what i saw at la's offense in week one uh my expensive quarterback pick is russell wilson just you know this (laughs) the titans man oh my god what a nightmare performance for the titans in week one offensively but especially defensively I i think that defense just stinks out loud, man. Mm-hmm. And, and Russ love the fact that their play action rate doubled from week one of what we normally see uh, out of what we saw to of Seattle's offense last year. I think that just increases the overall efficiency. I love that he was kind of taking some of the layup routes that I thought Shane Waldron would bring to this offense. I really like DK and Tyler Lockett, both this plays too. I think that, you know, it's an expensive stack, but I think it's one that's worth it overall. And I, I don't know The t- I go back and forth on what I think about the Titans in week one and whether how much they can keep pace in this game, because I do think Seattle's going to be high flying. I think that The Titans can get back there, but God, I I got a lot of concerns on that. But either way, love Russ in this game, no doubt about it.
1: I actually like the Titans to keep pace in this game. Um, I think week one was a, an aberration. I mean, I, I do think they're going to have problems on that offensive line, and they're just not going to get down by two touchdowns in a blink of an eye every week. That's just not how the NFL works. It's crazy to say in week two, but I really think that Todd Downing might be feeling some heat to do better this week. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they, they looked awful without Arthur awful. Smith. And, and you talked about play action with Seattle. Tennessee went the other way. They were near the top of the league in play action rate last year. They ran play action on 6% of their dropbacks last week. It was by far the lowest rate in the league. I think that this staff outside of Downing has, everybody's still internal and Vrabel's going to be like, you need to fix this and fix yeah, this don't, now. Just, don't and be doing I th- that again, I, buddy. I, <laughs> and I think that's going to happen. I, I think Tennessee's going to be okay. If they're not okay this week, I think it's, sirens blaring for Tennessee
0: I completely agree like we'll know a lot this is one of it's early to have a quote statement game but this feels Mm -hmm. like a statement game for Tennessee's offense just the direction by the time this podcast is out on saturday my advanced stats notebook column will be out on friday and i might have actually used the analogy of a fork in the road for these two teams in terms <laughs> of their play action rate so it is to it is interesting that they're meeting up here in week one let's talk some cheaper quarterbacks we both mm. got guys at 26 bones here where are you at tj
1: yeah the uh i mean the top of the the quarterback crop is amazing this week so like i don't That's think so good. you have to drop down necessarily but if you are looking for some salary relief baker mayfield at, at twenty six. The Browns have the second highest implied point total of the week. They're above 30 points. That's the most important number when it comes to correlation for quarterback fantasy scoring. And I I think people will probably be off Baker because they were supposed to have this big shootout against Kansas City and then Baker didn't throw a touchdown. But what Baker did do is he threw for 321 yards on just 28 attempts That 11.5 yards per attempt was the third highest in the league last week. And we want to be targeting efficiency with our quarterbacks. We saw this Houston D defense give up 22 Yahoo points to Trevor Lawrence that was a top 12 uh, game for Lawrence obviously they were a negative game script but again we're going back to efficiency Baker showed that Jacksonville didn't have a lot of plays in neutral game script they got behind quick but they threw 9 out of 10 times in neutral game script so I don't think Cleveland all of a sudden is, is throwing 80% of the time but I, I think we might have mentioned it briefly here last week we did see them flip to a, a, a somewhat pass heavy um, plan down the stretch last year when Baker got a Efficient. and I think we'll see them be a lot more pass heavy than we saw last week and and I like Baker a lot for all those reasons
0: yeah and Baker too through 20% of his passes 20 plus yards down the field like even without Odell Beckham back there the fact that they were gunning it deep I think was impressive yeah. was how do you not overall. how do you
1: not throw deep to David joku David and joku Anthony <laughs> Schwartz you have to do it Dude, Anthony Schwartz actually <laughs> is a guy that
0: should be on people's radar, right? Like, sure. I mean, yep. cause he's fast. He got a lot of air yards and I was, that was actually very surprising that he was immediately involved like that, but we'll see if that continues uh, throughout the season. My guy here at $26 is Jalen Hurts rushing bonus obviously is important like not literally in terms of the scoring but just as you know in a general philosophical standpoint really just liked what I saw out of Jalen Hurts too. police percentage over expectation he was one of the worst quarterbacks in that metric uh, last year but was very good love the fact that they got the ball out quick and I think the fact that Devonte Smith is back there you know getting separation getting open as a traditional outside receiver allows guys like Jalen Rager to be used on screens and more freed up as a secondary threat so and, and listen it's not quite the same like juicy matchup it was against the Falcons in week one, but man, the 49ers secondary, like they're already going through that. Like every one team, every year, one team does like the, like the musical chairs of veteran quarterbacks or like the veteran cornerbacks, like roulette or whatever. They're already on that sort of path right now. The 49ers, you know, they working out like what, like Drake Kirkpatrick or whatever, that whole situation. It's it's tough with Jason Barrett uh, on IR.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say Jared Goff dropped 29 Yahoo points on him last week. And a lot of people are going to say, oh, yeah, well, they were a negative game script. So they had to throw negative game script coincided with Jason Vret going out after Jason Vret went out. Everything changed. So, I mean, Jalen Hurts is a very weak point it's yeah and and Jalen Hurts is going to be able to attack that secondary he's Lamar has 100 yard rushing upside every week but just because of their offense he doesn't he rarely has 300 yard upside Jalen Hurts might have 300 yard 100 yard rushing uh 100 yard upside every single week he might he's gonna have a 300 100 yard game this year
0: yeah I mean for for folks that aren't that familiar with playing on Yahoo DFS like we're talking $26 is like down there at the bottom in terms Mm -hmm. of starting quarterbacks I was really surprised to see him in that range I mean there are guys like Derek Carr Zach Wilson Sam Darnold Tyrod Taylor that are like 21 but we're talking like 26 is is not that far off and I was very surprised to see Jalen Hurts there in that range after what he did in week one all right let's move to running backs TJ and we have to start off by talking we talked last week (laughs) basically like Anytime that you say to to, to paraphrase your words, anytime CMC is on the main slate, you just find a way, you figure it out. You put him in there. Well, he's on the main slate and he's not even the most expensive running back. Alvin Kamara is $1 ahead of him, but I, and I get it, right? I mean, the Panthers were slaughtered by running backs last year. Alvin Kamara was great in week one for the most part. What are we just? Are we jamming CMC in there and figuring the rest out?
1: Definitely in tournaments, he's probably going to have like a roster rate. Be- there, there might be eight running backs with a higher roster rate than CMC this week. I mean, he. I, I talked about uh, Jalen Hurts having three hundred passing, one hundred rushing upside. CMC is probably the only guy that can go for hundred, hundred on on any given week, and he almost did it last week. I think he had almost, ninety-eight. Yeah. <laughs> I think he had ninety-eight rushing yards and eighty-nine receiving yards. So if he finds the end zone, like he's breaking the slate every time. So if he's not the most expensive guy, yeah, that's going to be our, our, I guess, our CMC caveat for now.
0: That will be our CMC caveat. Let's go with um, some guys that are uh, sort of a little lower than that, right? We can just kind of hit these players. You start off with a guy who played 100%. Of the Steeler snaps in in Week One,
1: yeah, and that that's why I have him on here because because we bet on volume. We're supposed to go high low. I, I cheated a little bit this week. I'm going like medium, medium, but twenty five dollars, like you said. I mean, we're we, if we're thinking about this in terms of like percentage of salary, twenty five out of out of two hundred bucks is not a lot when you're getting a player that saw every running back snap. He was the only player to do that. Every running back touch, he was the only player to do that. He accounted for forty four percent of the team's touches, and that's enough number that I, I really like to look at a lot because we can look at you know overall number of touches obviously if you're running backs getting 25 touches that's great but if you're accounting for like 45% of your team's touches that means you are a huge part of the game plan so that that rate is something that we really want to be looking at what those 17 touches really mean it means he's a huge part of what Pittsburgh wants to do this week they're favored by six they didn't get in that really good game script obviously last week they didn't get up till late in the game um, with that block punt is when they finally really got up, but the Raiders... They finished bottom five in four for four schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs last season. They started the season by giving up the fifth most running back points to the Ravens. That doesn't even include what Lamar did. Just the running back scored the fifth most points against the Raiders last week. This game's in Pittsburgh, home opener for the Steelers. So Najee gets his uh, Najee, sorry, gets his big workload to start the season. I think is coming out parties this week.
0: Yeah, twenty-five bucks for Najee Harris. I I like the like the uh, option there a lot. I mean, I think that look there every indicator was positive from week one, except for the box score. I think this week is the week where he has that big coming out party for sure. I mean, the Raiders, I will talk about their defense a little bit later in terms of some nervousness I have for my flex pick here, but I'm going to I'm gonna save it for now and, and really talk about just the fact that their run defense still looks like it's not very good. I mean, Tyson Williams could have had like 150 yards rushing <sighs> if the Ravens just like, arbitrarily just didn't decide like, you know what? It's time for it's time for Latavius Americans. All right. Another $25 running back here, Nick Chubb. I'm just going to basically say for all the reasons that you said earlier in terms of uh, obviously what we expect the Browns to be able to do to the Texans. I think the Texans are still a bad team. I think the Browns are obviously our favorites. They're at home. This is the, this is the perfect type of situation where we would want to use a back like Nick Chubb. You're always counting on efficiency over true. Like cmc or dalvin cook level overall volume with nick chubb but i think this is a perfect situation to bet on that so pretty easy analysis in terms of nick chubb
1: yeah i i did not plan this and we'll get to this later last week your expensive guy was my fade. this week your expensive guy's my fate again last week oh, were, last week you were right so when we get to the fate section we'll talk about that but, okay uh, all right but, we'll save mean, it we just, we're just going to be battling out at expensive running back every week i think
0: all right. Well, listen, I'm down to do that if you if you will, especially since I started off one and zero. I'm on a hot streak uh, okay. here. Okay. <laughs> okay. Speaking of a hot streak, another guy who got a ton of work is your second pick at running back here.
1: Yeah, Joe Mixon. He is 4 for four's top running back value of the week at $24. I mean, he put up, we talk about CMC. He put up CMC numbers. He led the league in touches with 33 last week. He led the league in percentage of team touches with 60% of team touches last week. Christian McCaffrey and Antonio Gibson, the only two backs besides Mixon uh, with a touch share over 50%. I talked about that team touch share number with Harris. Mixon just blew it out of the water. Four targets to sprinkle on top of that. Not a huge number, but just enough to keep him relevant, not nervous if he is going to be an underdog. And if we look who he's playing against Chicago, Henderson went for 82 total yards and a touchdown in a game where the Rams, they were really, really pass heavy. And sure, they were in a little bit of a good game script, but uh, Henderson had a really good game on an offense that didn't want to run the ball a lot. Cincinnati wants to run the ball a lot fourth highest running rate in neutral game script last week so don't look at that ranking against running back number that might still be hanging there from Chicago last year Mixon's in a really good spot against the Bears this week
0: yeah I mean that Chicago defense does not look like a unit that moves the needle in terms of Mm -hmm. like especially on the secondary especially in the back end there they look like they've got some problems I
1: have some notes on that coming up
0: oh good perfect all right (laughs) Daryl Henderson, actually the aforementioned Daryl Henderson is my second pick here at Love only it. 18 bucks. And uh, when you go to like sub 20, you got know, like freaking Leonard Fournette at 20 bucks there, Miles Gaskin at 20 bucks, uh, you know, uh, on, on the Yahoo pricing this week, you know, it starts to get pretty disgusting. I think that's may have been why you cheated and gave us two like 24, 25 guys, <laughs> because it gets pretty gross here at the running yeah. back pricing range.
1: We Well, we talked about it last week, kind of in the intro pod, just, understanding the format of um, of the site you're playing on and Yahoo scoring really favors running backs. So it's very rare that we're going to see a usable running back under $20, especially when you get towards 15, almost never unless there's an injury uh, mid week. So like for this segment, when we're discussing running backs, like $25 is usually going to be cheapish. Like yeah. it's rare that we're going to get a niche Chubb at a 25.
0: We've got Daryl Henderson at 18 here. You mm-hmm. know, I think he's a pretty actually like a pricing based pivot off of Elijah Mitchell, who's $19 yeah. and I think will probably be very popular after what he did in week one. Even Chase Edmonds at 18 is kind of interesting. But I went with Daryl Henderson here because he saw a good I mean he was the guy in week one I know that that can flip at any second with Sean McVay and Sonny Michelle and all that but I think Henderson was good enough he ran a bunch of routes in week one too that is very encouraging overall and I expect the Rams as you mentioned extremely efficient through the air in week one I don't expect that to change but I expect that to be plenty good enough for them to beat up on the Colts even if it's in Indy and I mean that offensive line is good in theory. It was not good in practice in Week One. And Carson Wentz, we know he's just a mess whenever he gets pressured. So again, similar situation I think for for the Rams overall that they will not they will be in positive game script, which might still lend itself to throwing a good a bit. But I also think it will lead to some good opportunities for Daryl Henderson, who right now looks like he's the guy and right now I think it's a good price at $18.
1: Yeah I mean I think one of the most like not obvious matchups and things that that I look to when I'm looking for running backs is how good is that opposing D line matchup because that's how game script can get flipped like on a dime right yes. if Aaron Donald gets back there gets that strip sack fumble and all of a sudden the Rams are up by 14 now Daryl Henderson is rolling uh, so so I like the fact that you brought up the, the O line because I was actually thinking about that when I I saw you put Daryl Henderson down.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, and it's Carson Wentz, dude. Like if there's anybody that's going to have like a, a back-breaking game flip scripting, uh, <laughs> I mean, ga- game script flipping uh, yeah. turnover, it's damn Carson Wentz, especially with the line kind of working into form after COVID issues, injury issues, and Eric Fisher still not playing for this team. So uh, I, I like that's a lot of why I like Daryl Henderson. Like he seems just seems too cheap. He might end up being in like all of my builds basically this weekend because of that which could go either way. Uh So let's move on to wide receivers here. I love your pick to start this off at 24 was almost one of my guys here.
1: We talked about having access to, to the Chargers and the Cowboys. Herbert with the the passing game on, on the Chargers. Bringing it back with Amari on the Cowboys side. I mean we saw Dallas throw 82% of the time in neutral game script last week. I mean granted it's against probably the best run defense in Tampa Bay. But I mean this game sets up similarly. I mean, the, the Chargers have, you know, they have a pretty good secondary and, and a good D-line, but there's going to be so much scoring in this game that both sides are going to be forced. We already talked about how up-tempo these teams are. Um, I, I think Dallas throughout the season probably maintains a passing rate near the top of the league. Amari saw 28% of the Cowboys' targets last week, and not just the Amari part, but the a combined target share, a very concentrated passing game. I, I like to target those in DFS because they're very predictable, and now with Michael Gallup out, we have Amari and C.D. combining for 55% of the targets last week, and I think that's probably that's that's actually a sustainable number. We see top duos in the league around that like 52, 53% combined target share mark. Um, so until Gallup comes back, if he even comes back healthy, I, I think we're going to see a lot of that. And Cooper's he is disgustingly mispriced. He's the wide receiver 15 on Yahoo. Um, you cannot convince me that there's 14 receivers that are going to have a better game than Amari this week. Um, in these situations and and the other thing that I love about what Dallas is doing, and I'm sure you know this, probably have talked about it already, they're just moving Amari and CD all over the formation, so I don't care who's covering who, they're putting Amari and CD in spots to succeed, they're going to be on the left, they're going to be on the right, they're going to be on the, in the slot, they're going to be in motion, they're doing everything with these guys, and and that just sets up to confuse a defense, and, and Dallas is going to match, they're going to go toe for toe with Cowboy, uh, I'm sorry, the, the Chargers in this game.
0: I mean, I agree with everything you just said, and the biggest thing to me, too, like all of these offenses where like. Tampa, same. It's the same thing with Tampa too. Like if if Mike Evans was to ever go down, we'd be smashing Antonio Brown or Chris mm-hmm. Godwin at twenty four bucks literally every single week. Every time. It's the same thing here, you know, with Dallas and these guys. It's twenty four bucks for Amari Cooper is insane. Number one in routes run among all players last week, fifty eight. And what I thought was most encouraging about Amari, and there was some you know red zone usage here that's probably going to bring this number down, but just seven point nine air yards per target among these two guys. Like, look, I love CD lamb this week too, but should the chargers defense, Brandon Staley in charge there. Uh, We know that this defensive scheme overall is going to, push you to the short areas of the field. Like they're not going to give you anything deep. They're not going to give you shots. Like they're trying to actually bait you to take to like like test you with that patience. Like, and I think that if there if somebody is going to move the ball on quick hitters on layups, that's going to be Amari Cooper. That's who he's been throughout his entire career. So that was a big reason to where I was like, oh yeah. Like this is this is this is a good idea for Amari. By the way, three red zone targets, two targets in the end zone last week as well. So yeah, Cooper is a smash. At that price, uh, I almost picked him for my pick here too, but I went with Thank Chris. Thank you Godwin. for
1: not picking him. I appreciate it.
0: Well, I want <laughs> like I said, this podcast is all about me making you look good, except when it comes to fading expensive running backs. Apparently, okay. well, we'll all see. Right. We'll see when Nick Chubb goes for like 15 for 48 sure, or something this sure. week with no touchdowns. Okay, my pick it was actually the aforementioned Chris Godwin. Love the volume that he got in Week One, and I just wanted to make sure we talk about the Bucks on this podcast because Brady, by the way, is the most expensive player on the slate. What's up Oof. with that? What's I mean, up with
1: that? I I guess when you go for four hundred and four, it gets people interested.
0: Well, yeah, it does get, and you also happen to be Tom Brady, that probably helps too. But I don't know that I'm going to be playing Brady at that price. But I definitely am interested at Chris Godwin here, twenty eight dollars, salt eight. A- just boatload of targets in Week One, and overall too, it's still the Falcons' defense, man. That Falcons' defense still looks like a train wreck. It's probably, if it's not the stone worst, it's like the one of the three or four worst in terms of just personnel-based defenses, and and they were a mess against the Eagles in Week One. I want access to this game somehow, and I still think that, and I, you know, I'm I'm, I'm tempted to actually play Calvin Ridley and Kyle piss too after the disappointing Week One, but overall. I, I do think overall, like, you know, when you look at Chris Godwin, he's he's he was my favorite receiver on this team coming into this year. And I mean, he's $28. That's, you know, Antonio Brown's 26. Mike Evans, 27. I'm tempted to go back to AB, but I just think that the one with the most consistent role and production in this offense is going to be Chris Godwin.
1: Yeah, every, every Friday I drop an article on Yahoo looking at strategy and stacks for the baller. And I may not have, may or may not have Godwin in there. I mean, he, he might be like, I don't know if a player can fly under the radar after seeing a 30% target share in a week, but Antonio Brown had a big game. Rob Gronkowski had a big game. So, like, there's a chance that people. I don't think he'll go overlooked, but just won't be as popular as he should be. And if we look at at correlations, the games that Tom Brady really spikes are the games that Chris Godwin typically spikes last year. They had the highest player to player correlation. If we look at half PPR scoring like Yahoo is and with the highest implied point total on the slate, that would suggest that this is a Chris Godwin week. Uh,
0: Yeah, I love it. I mean, Chris Godwin, I think is actually just an overall underrated player, not even just from last week. I think he's the I think he's the alpha of this offense, but that has been my take for a while now so all right let's move on to your cheap receiver who is tyler boyd at 15 bucks
1: yeah we talked about you You hinted at the chicago secondary what we saw last week is that they're really bad all around but they really struggled against players in the slot as a team when players lined up in the slot they allowed 11 catches for 138 yards and then Marquise christian their slot cornerback matthew stafford every four throws was against was to Marky Christian. He threw against him 25% of the uh. time. Christian allowed two scores. He was just getting roasted, and Tyler Boyd, uh, as you know, 92% of his uh, routes came from the slot last week. If we look at this team, one thing that we went into the season, and we talk about not overreacting to week one and having time to have a real sample size. We went into the season thinking that this is going to be a, a target share that's pretty spread out because of T. Higgins and Jamar. Obviously, Jamar had the 30% target share last week, but Tyler Boyd is their best possession receiver. This is a game that sets up for the the Bengals to really attack the slot. But then all of a sudden, after one week, we have Tyler Boyd down at fifteen dollars, Jamar and T up at twenty dollars. When we only have a two hundred dollar salary, that five dollar difference—that's a pretty big difference. He's five dollars cheaper than those other two guys. So he just really stands out to me um, in an offense where we're not going to see a player's not going to get thirty percent of targets every either every other week. It's, it's it's going to bounce around and this sets up for a Tyler Boyd week.
0: Yeah. I I love that call because I don't think people will be, on Tyler Boyd but uh, yeah that was apparent coming into week one I think that the Chicago was going to struggle as a slot defense uh that's why Cooper Cup was one of my main players on the single game slate uh for Sunday night last week and yeah it, it turned
1: out to be pretty
0: <laughs> what was yeah. it like 11 yards of separation oh, he man. had on
1: that one touchdown that, that not was, a good
0: scene there not a good scene
1: I thought I, w- I was watching that game at a bar and I thought I missed a I thought I like looked away in there showing highlights from another game because I was like there's no way he's that like behind like there's no know why i missed it that fast
0: yeah well that was a pre- i mean my god the rams offense is going to be really fun to watch like all the all the sunshine and rainbows that sean McVay was giving off in the offseason like you saw oh, immediately why it was why why he was so gassed up my 15 dollar receiver pick was actually emmanuel sanders and it was tough to pick theoretically it was tough to pick manny sanders and cole beasley um because from like a routes run perspective they were actually pretty equal Cole Beasley tied Stefan Diggs for the team lead with 55, Emmanuel Sanders was 52, snap share pretty similar actually Sanders was on the field for two more snaps than Beasley. Target share wise it goes in Cole Beasley's favor 13 to 8. But what I thought was interesting and not really what I expected, you know, we're talking about uh like a 6 Yard average depth of target for Cole Beasley, which is to be expected. Emmanuel Sanders, 16, 18.6 air yards per target for Manny Sanders. That kind of struck me as a surprise for his age. But you know, I'm not saying he's going to be like the deep threat of this offense every week. Obviously, that's going to be Stefan Diggs, but that sort of usage was pretty encouraging, I think, for Emmanuel Sanders. So here at $15, when I think Beasley from a target perspective might be a little more popular. Kind of like looking at Sanders here, because it was clear, you know, Gabe Davis. He still runs 34 routes like he's but he's the fourth receiver, man. Like there's just he's just not better than Emmanuel Sanders at this point, period, even though he scored the touchdown. And I like this game environment overall, actually, for Buffalo as a bounce back spot against Miami.
1: Yeah, um, only eight players last week had an average depth of target of at least 15 yards on seven or more targets. Uh, A couple of those guys. Tyreek Hill, Jamar Chase, DJ Shark, Brandon Cooks, throw Emmanuel Sanders in there as well. He was up there. And then Buffalo, they did in terms of play action rate, they did what Tennessee did. They just didn't use play action uh, last week after being one of the most heavy play action teams in the league last year. Unlike Tennessee, I'm not worried about Buffalo. I think Brian Dable and Josh Allen get that fixed really quick. And I think they get it fixed in week two.
0: Yeah, I just think we didn't give the Steelers defense enough respect coming to week one. Like that unit is still badass. I mean, Melvin Ingram is like basically he's as good as Bud Dupree, right? Like that was such a that was such a sharp signing. It's weird. For, I can't get over seeing him like in number eight though. Like any of these defensive players in like a single digit number is freaking me out a little bit.
1: They had a play last week where where they basically left the edge open on on I think it was a third and three and and. uh. And the Bills tried to run to the outside and Mika Fitzpatrick came like a damn bullet and took it like it was one of the best plays from a safety I've ever seen in my life. And it was just a simple third and three tackle. That defense is terrifying.
0: It is terrifying. The Steelers are forever. They will never go away. Let's move into tight end here. Uh, no shock, TJ. You have the guy here who saw about uh, 55 targets in week one.
1: You talked about Tom Brady being the most expensive player on the slate. Rob Gronkowski is the most expensive tight end on the slate. This is 2021, not it's not 2011. It's 2021. I think Yahoo got the wrong calendar. It's 2021. Even, oh
0: my god! I didn't even notice that. I normally, just, I mean, obviously Travis Kelsey's not like I should. I just look at it's like I assume Travis
1: Kelsey's there. He's not on this slate, obviously, but still, like. I didn't even notice that, dude. What, Darren? And what? <laughs> and to double down on it, Darren Waller's not even top two in salary. He's number three oh, in salary no. at the position. He saw thirty-seven percent of targets. So I'm not going to go through the the stats for Darren Waller. I'm going to go back to Gronk. First of all, whatever contest you're playing on in Yahoo, I want. You, he should be a contrarian play because of how high his salary is. His roster rate should be super low. If you're playing in a contest and Gronk is like popular keep playing that contest whatever yeah, yeah, game yeah. it is because it shouldn't be i i just want to like let's do a little thought experiment with darren waller he's 22 he would be his if he was a wide receiver he would be priced as the wide receiver 21 is this other wide receivers that are 22 dollars: chase Plate, claypool and jarvis landry so in a vacuum would you rather have chase claypool jarvis landry or darren waller i mean I think it's really good. i think it's darren waller <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think <laughs> I think it's the guy that like has his quarterback has tunnel vision for him and he yeah. happens to
1: be great. So sometimes we don't need advanced stats. We don't need target share numbers. We just need to look at things like these horrible salary inefficiencies. And this one's just like staring us in the face. So we talk about jam CMC. I think jam Darren Waller this week.
0: I mean, let's get Darren Waller's price up to like what, like thirty-four dollars by the end of this thing.
1: I I I think it will be. I mean, we've if if I I think Kelsey was thirty-two last week. Waller will be right there.
0: Yeah, I mean, in that context too, ten bucks lower than what Travis Kelsey was last week, and mm. like, oh, he's. Jarvis Landry or Chase Claypool pricing like (laughs) pricing point wise. That's a great way to look at it that I don't think people look at it enough. So that's all the analysis that you're going to get on Darren Waller, which was actually more than I thought it was going to be. My guy Tyler (laughs) Higby here, I didn't go for any of the expensive ones. because I was like, "Uh, yeah, if you're not playing Darren Waller freaking $22, like what are you doing? I'm not going to I'm not going to advocate for George Kittle at 23. Sure, it's hell not going to advocate for Rob Gronkowski at $24. Gronk's going to score another two touchdowns and and ram this in our face but that's fine. That's fine. That's That's fine. fine.
1: Let it let him get up to thirty-two dollars and let people yeah, play him at thirty-two. Let's get, let's get Gronk up, up to there. thirty-two.
0: I mean, he's like what, thirty-two years old? So there, we're, it's fitting one dollar per age on the hey, earth. Hey,
1: hey, 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 we're we're getting close to home. Easy, easy on the thirty-year-old. Mid-thirties is not old, Matt. No,
0: sure. I mean, I am officially in my thirties <laughs> now, so uh, I'm I'm washed as well. We're all we're all finished. We got to take like dude, Gronk. By the way, had it, has it figured out, man? You just take a year off from your employer and then you come back better than
1: ever. I proposed that and uh, got turned down.
0: Yeah, same here. Uh, we'll <laughs> see. Maybe, maybe at some point in our thirties. Uh, my guy here is Tyler Higby at sixteen dollars. Loved Higby's usage. Ran a route on over ninety percent of the dropbacks. Was on the field for a hundred percent of the snaps. He's gonna be. I thought he was so underrated coming into the year. You mentioned to too, just eight for the bears over the or eight against the bears over the middle of the field. I uh, just think he's, I think he's too low priced as well. You know, we've got, these are some of the guys ahead of Tyler Higby, like Johnny Smith, who's banged up and his share is not even running the most routes among the tight ends there. Hunter Henry, the other guy mentioned there as well and Austin Hooper, Austin Hooper at $16 with Tyler Higby, $16 Dawson Knox at 14. Give me a break. Yeah. Uh, I'm definitely playing Tyler Higby at $16. You've got another one though, sort of in the same range, uh, Dallas, Goddard at 14
1: yeah I actually was thinking about saying the who you mentioned earlier Kyle Pitts but again like unless it's a tournament paying four more dollars for Waller just it's it's too hard to not play him there but Goddard's down at 14 um he didn't run a ton of routes last week but he still did see five targets I think on just 28 routes that's that's a pretty decent target rate I I like him more just because you can stack him with the guy that you mentioned up top Jalen Hurts and we saw uh, T.J. Hawkinson go for 8.97 to 1 against this San Francisco defense last week so um I think we see Goddard's routes and targets go up a little bit more this week in the spot against this uh, Niners secondary. And we have not ranked as a top five value on four for four. So this is more just a, a pricing play and an upside tied to his quarterback. There, there isn't a lot of indication that he's going to be like near the top of the league in in terms of volume at his position, but we don't always need that in DFS either.
0: Absolutely. And if you're kind of really trying to scrape the bottom of the barrel, you know, there wasn't, there's not like a $10 one where there was with like, Ger- I had Gerald Everett last week, Everett's 13 this week. Jared cook is $13 this week. I like kind of like Jared cook. If you want like cheap access to that chargers Cowboys game, cook actually had pretty surprisingly had pretty good usage. 31 routes for Jared cook was on the field for a ton of the passing plays overall eight targets from Justin Herbert. Like I just, again, he's a cheap access to this game that we really, really like. Uh, So if you want to go super cheap at tight end, Jared cook is an option there. All right, let's move into defense. You actually have, the defense that you've been banging on, I know, so what's up with that?
1: Fantasy is really weird, and people are really bad at it because they don't understand how points are scored. And you could be, <laughs> and you could be a a bad defense and still score uh, quite a bit of fantasy points. Bears are a home favorite, which is a very favorable game environment to be in. And last week, Cincinnati they allowed the highest adjusted sack rate against the Vikings. So the Bears are favored. They can give up points. Individual players like Mixon and Tyler Boyd can still get theirs while the Bears have a good fantasy game. A lot of the defenses are just priced appropriately on on yahoo this week so if you're looking to pay down for a home favorite bears just stand out as one against an offensive line that um, might not get it together this year
0: Yeah, no, I I agree with that and I actually don't mind David Montgomery as a play either, if to kind of get that correlation there too. I'm I'm not saying that like from a standpoint where the Bears are gonna win this game because they're still rolling out Andy Dalton. Did you see Matt Nagy called Justin Fields a chess piece for
1: the Bears game in their game plan? Oh no. That sounds like didn't didn't oh no, that's not I don't like that at all. That sounds That's, like uh, sounds
0: like Taysom Hill or something. It's weird. I don't know. The, the Bears have put themselves in a very weird position with this whole thing, but we won't rag on the Bears because that happens enough in, in media game. I've got the Panthers here at $12. If you want to get access to some of these guys like that, we've talked about, you know, you want to have CMC, you want to stack Russ and DK, you want to, you want to get some of these chargers and, and Cowboys. You want to stack that game up. You got to go cheap somewhere. Defense seems like it makes sense. I kind of like, Look, the Jets offensive line is bad. Zach Wilson was pressured over 50% of his dropbacks in week one. But I also think some of that is kind of Carolina too. Like I think that some of these guys like Brian Burns, Derek Brown, some of these Shaq Thompson flying around, Jeremy Chen flying around in week one. I actually think this defense is, you know, they're not going to be great, but I think they've got young players that are, are, are approaching the apex of their career. New Orleans has a great offensive line. Like, you're going from, like, the stone worst potential offensive line to, like, maybe the best against the Saints this week. But nevertheless, it's still Jameis Winston back there. Like, at some Thank point, you, yeah. at some point you are who you are. By the way, Jameis Winston, $35. Let's talk about a fade. Talk about a fade. I'm fading Jameis Winston at $35. Uh, yeah, for- he,
1: he did not become the most efficient passer of all time um, overnight. I'm just letting people know that. That's not what happened. You know
0: out there, listeners, that you are who you are. Okay. TJ, you are who you are. And I am who I am. We just are, we are what we are. People don't change that much. Jameis Winston's DNA ain't changed that much. Like he's going to throw a couple picks. He's going to have some fumbles. He's going to do some weird stuff. Maybe this week against the Panthers defense that has some improving young players at only $12. It helps when we want to get some of these guys from this Chargers Cowboys game, Titan Seahawks, what have you, you're going to need a saving somewhere. Let's move on to flex here. I absolutely love your pick here at Jarvis Landry, 22 bucks, just an undervalued guy all around.
1: Yeah, this, I mean, this is kind of, I already talked about Baker and, and I hinted on, on my fade. So, I mean, this is just kind of a play on on that thought process, a continuation of how I think this game can, can flow. If we look at, again, going back to the correlation with quarterbacks, no player on the Browns last year had a higher correlation with Baker Mayfield than Jarvis Landry. We already got word that Odell is out. So Jarvis is going to be the number one wide receiver this week. I, I made a joke about the Njoku thing, but I, I, I don't think this is a situation where the the Browns go back to targeting their tight ends on 40% of targets. We know Jarvis can be a volume guy. That's all he was early in his career. Obviously, paired up with Odell, you're not going to be a a 10-plus target player in this offense, but I think he can be this week. Jacksonville's top three wide receivers combined for 61% of their targets. Last week, I I already talked about how when they were in a neutral game script, the Jaguars threw at a very high rate um, against this Houston team. Jarvis, and if we're looking at salaries, we kind of already talked about about that tier that he's in and and these mid-priced guys. We talked about C D and Anamari being in this mid-20 range. So if we're looking at tournaments, there's a lot of guys with similar salary to Jarvis that are just going to gobble up roster percentages and it's going to leave Jarvis very ignored. So this is definitely a tournament play, but one that I think can really swing uh, entire tournaments.
0: Yeah. I agree with you on that one. And I, like I said, just like that pick overall, my guy here is Deontay Johnson at 19. Deontay's got 10 targets last week, made a nice touchdown catch. He got involved in scoring area. I love Deontay Johnson, the player. Everybody knows that, but you know, this Raiders defense, it, it's kind of tough, right? Because, one big takeaway from week one was, yeah, the Steelers offensive line still has got a ways to go. And man, like Max Crosby, that guy looked like a friggin' animal on, on on Monday night. Yeah. So good. I love that it was also paired with the story about how he got himself like sober and, had, and has like, I could see why he would take a leap, you know, in, oh, from yeah. that perspective. So I think it was a good human interest piece, but also like, yeah, he just, looked like a monster too i mean he looked unhinged out there It was great to see i don't know that the raiders defense is going to be able to do that like to former like former sealer andre villanueva was playing out of position to right tackle i don't know that they're gonna the raiders are going to be able to do that in this spot so that does worry me a little bit but overall i think johnson is too cheap at 19 dollars. it helps you kind of from a volume perspective like other guys in the 19 dollar range you know you've got marvin jones nelson aguilar uh the denver guys DJ Shark, uh <laughs> Jalen Rager, like I I like I like Deontay. I think he stands out in that range from a flex perspective.
1: Uh Deontay and Juju actually both pop as a top ten wide receiver values on four for four. I think that there's a good chance that given his salary, that Najee's actually the most popular tournament player um, across all positions uh in, in the Yahoo baller this week. So if you're we we talked early in the intro about leverage plays, Deontay and Juju you both fantastic leverage plays off of Najee in tournaments.
0: Yeah, I I like that. Let's talk fades here before we get out. You teased yours. I'll just give one more because we've given a lot so far. Um, uh, my other one that I'd mentioned is Cortland Sutton, uh, at 18, not a not a bad price point. I know Jerry Judy's gone, but I'd just much rather go with Tim Patrick. And I don't know that Cortland Sutton's a hundred percent yet. I think he might draw, I think he might draw some attention at that salary and without Jerry Judy, but I think I would rather roster Tim Patrick for two or for a dollar cheaper. I thought he'd be a little bit more of a discount, but, um, 17 is fine for Kim Patrick. So uh, give me your reason why you are fading my running back deck here.
1: Yeah, uh, and when so when, when I'm talking about fades, I mean, unless it's just something that is egregious, this usually is from uh, a turnish. Uh, tournament perspective and factoring in things like projected roster rates. So next to Najee Harris, I think Nick Chubb could be the, the most popular player um, on the slate because the reason you brought him up is because he is a really good play. He is very affordable in a very favorable spot. The, the thing about tournaments is we need to be thinking in terms of range of outcomes. And Nick Chubb is a player that when in tournaments, we want to be playing him when he's unpopular, popular, not when he's popular because he does not have a, uh, a tight range of outcomes like a CMC, like a Davin Cook, a players that see all of their running back work that are also heavily involved in the passing game. Even with Nick Chubb's big game last week, he saw less than two thirds of the Browns backfield touches. And that leads to high variance. And you could say they're supposed to score 30. They're favored by a bajillion points. This is the perfect setup for him. Yeah, I agree. But everybody sees that it's the perfect setup for him. And unless you're seeing every one of your backfield touches, if you don't fall into the end zone on a couple of those goal line plays, all of a sudden you're just not hitting tournament value. You're not winning tournaments. So am I on Nick Chubb in cash game? 50 50s and small single entry tournaments, sure. If I'm playing the baller, there's a lot of reasons to not be on Nick Chubb.
0: I think that does make a ton of sense from a game theory perspective. And and like last week was the perfect week to to roster Nick Chubb, right? Because
1: yeah, exactly.
0: they weren't, they were not favored. We expected Kansas city to get the lead. And then, you know, then people aren't going to play Nick Chubb in that scenario. But if you played Nick Chubb last week in tournaments, you were doing well for yourself, you know? So I agree from that, like just angle overall, it makes a ton of sense, but we'll see. Uh, we'll go, we'll go head to head on this one. Maybe just every week uh, you just say to my top running back, I don't know. We'll see. We'll I'll, see. Just, yeah, we'll, we'll see I'll just start picking more. CMC every week.
1: <laughs> okay we'll see how that goes yeah, not,
0: not gonna happen that way all right TJ that was great uh I feel like we hit on a ton of players a lot of games a lot of situations uh tell the people that are listening to this from the Yahoo feed Yahoo fantasy football forecast tell them about DFS MVP and what they can all get there
1: uh if you check out dfs MVP, we're live streaming every friday at 3 p.m pacific to cover all things dfs no matter what site you play on and on sunday mornings all of our premium subscribers we do a final look gpp uh with jordan Vanek, who does our gpp right up on 444 4. and then mondays we do a big review with matt savoka my main dfs mvp host that's a live stream 11 a.m pacific time Um, and then if you want more of this an extension of our podcast together uh every friday i drop an article that looks specifically at strategy for the baller so we're talking values here but every week i have an article 4 for 4 and on yahoo that goes over tournament strategies for players that we might have just touched on or couldn't get to here
0: Boom. Well, there you go. Yeah. So make sure you mark those live streams down. Make sure you check them out. And of course, if you heard this from the DFS MVP feed, I would encourage you to check out the Yahoo fantasy football forecast. The good news is you don't get me every single time. There's a rotating cast, co host So uh, if you liked the format of the show and like failure fantasy football but you hate me that's fine you can get plenty of uh you can get plenty of episodes without me but i'm also on some too so uh you know get over it okay it's not a big deal all right well that's it for us today uh i'm at matt Harmon underscore byb that's at tj hernandez check us out on twitter at yahoo fantasy we are out look around you can find cars like these on auto trader